Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you and on with the show. When you're pregnant, the estimated due date is like a distant finishing line. It's the line between who you were before children and who you will be after. But it's also a very practical line that you work back from, preparing physically and mentally for the day that your child is in the world. When a baby comes early, and I mean really early, all of that goes out the window. And preterm babies come with their own needs that most new parents are unprepared for. Kylie Pussell is the CEO and co-founder of the Miracle Babies Foundation, and she's here to talk about the Miracle Month of May. Hi, Kylie. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. You have your own experience with preemie babies. Can you tell us what happened to you? Yeah, I do. I have three surviving children, and I've lost five babies at different gestations and miscarriages. So it's definitely been a very long and tough road in having our family, lots of ups and downs, and long a lot of years to process through it and to be able to talk about it and share it as I am today. So it's certainly not something that you go through and it doesn't affect you. It is life-changing. Because you're a counsellor now as well, aren't you? I am. Yes, I am. So I guess at school I was always the go-to to to listen person. But um, yeah, it was, I think, something like this that actually made me think, well, wow, I can actually turn this into supporting other people. So when it comes to preemie babies... How often does it happen? Because it doesn't feel like we talk about it a lot. We don't. And even still today, we don't cover it a lot in antenatal classes. And most of us who have had premature babies, we don't get to ever do an antenatal class. So I've never done one. <laughs> so it's just something that, you know, you usually go, you know, to have the baby prematurely and you've missed out on all those lessons. So for those that do do it, yeah, it's not something that's really in their thought process, I guess, unless we start educating the community more, which is part of what Miracle Month of May is aiming to do. So where has this idea come from? Your um, foundation is called Miracle Babies Foundation. You just went, this is the one month that starts with M. <laughs> Let's focus. Is that how it came about? Yeah, kind of. We um, we do a lot of celebrating and community awareness in May. And yeah, the name just obviously took hold and it's been happening for a few years now and it just um, runs smoothly off the tongue. And then we also do in November, um, November is NICU Awareness Month. So another time of the year where we try to encourage people to learn more and support the community of people that have had premature and sick babies. Okay, so let's talk about um, the practicalities. What are the particular needs of a baby when it's been born preterm? When a baby's born premature, the lungs are usually the last things to mature on a baby. So breathing issues and breathing support is the first instant that usually happens before the baby's left the delivery ward. So babies may be resuscitated or put on whatever breathing support they need. And then there's also issues that can come with heart problems, brain, temperature control, gastrointestinal, blood metabolism, and most of them have little or no immune um, immunity. So you know, infection is a really big issue for these little bubbers too. As you said, you've been through a lot to have your own family. What's it like being a parent or being the mother when your baby's born preterm? What are the sorts of things that mums need in that situation? Mums report, and I 
myself also uh, felt it as well, is um, is guilt, is feeling that you couldn't get your baby to term or you couldn't get your baby delivered here to have a great first start, that right from the get-go your baby's fighting for life and mums internalise that a lot and we, you think when you're ready to have a baby that's just going to happen and when it doesn't, um, yeah, you think, well, why has it happened to me? And go, you go through those emotions and, and guilt is a huge one for mums in that regard and then also for dads. So you've got maybe mum in the delivery ward needing obviously some extra care and um, baby's gone off to specialised care. So dad's a bit torn. Where does he go? Does he stay with mum? Does he go with the baby? So dad suffers a lot of guilt in that moment as well. And in terms of a, a mother physically, how are they recovering because it's quite early in the gestation period that they've had the baby? How does it affect the mums physically? So mums usually, depending if they've had any extra obstetric history or illnesses, but usually it is um, a similar recovery to whatever the birth experience was in that um, for that pregnancy. So mums will go through all of the same experiences and the same milk coming in after a few days, which for these babies is almost like medicine. And it's it's amazing how much the body is in tune with nature, but if you actually have a 27-week baby, your milk is actually providing what that 27-week baby needs. So being able to have that bonding and that expressing of milk is so vitally important for the baby and also for mum. But when you don't get to hold your baby straight away, bonding becomes an issue, so that can affect breastfeeding as well. So it's like this whole roll-on effect because everything's now gone away from its timeline of what it should have been and how it should have happened. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Kylie Pussell. She's the CEO and co-founder of Miracle Babies Foundation. It is the miracle month of May where we're talking about preemie babies and trying to raise awareness of what the experience is like. I imagine, for me anyway, that one of the hardest things must be for any new parent is when it's time for them to leave the hospital, but they have to leave their baby behind. Would I be right in that? I mean, I'm just looking from the sidelines. Absolutely. And parents report going home sometimes on that discharge day is harder than the day they delivered. And it's not something that comes into our thought process that, wow, okay, well, baby could be here for a while and I guess it's just something you're so focused on baby and what's happening that you don't really ask the questions and that education isn't there beforehand because we've missed out on the antenatal classes again. So um, so yeah, it's definitely a very tough day and what we try to assist families in is trying to structure their day so it doesn't feel like you've just gone home and then you've got to go home to bed. So maybe go home a bit earlier through the day so that you can go home, have a little rest, get settled back into home and then come back to the hospital. So it doesn't feel on that moment that you that's it for the day. Um, actually come back in again that evening and that can help as well and, and start to build that routine of going home for little bits, coming back to the hospital because you can't be at the hospital every moment of every day, especially if you have other children. That adds a whole other challenge into it as well. What kind of support can families, other families, give those they know who might have had a preemie baby? That's something that we aim to do through this month as well, is raise awareness and education on how our communities can support these families. So a lot of parents report a feeling of loss of control when they go through this experience. So some people will like to have control of their home and some will be, well, no, I'm okay. So I think it's really about letting that family guide you. If they're quite happy for you to come in and clean the house, cook meals, do their lawns, go. That's probably the best practical thing you can do for them right now. Help with other children with babysitting and things like that. Trying to keep the other siblings' lives as normal and routine as possible. So if you've got family and friends around that can help that, fantastic. But we have some people that like to feel that they're still doing all that and sometimes that's part of them processing what they're going through as well. So it's really about the parents actually guiding us in the community as to what they need at that time. 
You mentioned that, of course, when the baby comes early, they've missed that, you know, normal gestation period and they come out and we all go forward as we've been taught in our antenatal classes. Obviously, um, bringing the baby home isn't necessarily the end of the story with a preemie baby. What what are the kinds of supports that these families need once they can actually bring their baby home? Yeah, when you take your baby home, it's, it is a, a good celebration. You've made families and friends in the hospital, so it's definitely a little bit sad in a way that you're leaving this whole safe cocoon of these people that have been there for you for so long. But then when you get home as well, it, it is a celebration, but it is really, really scary. You've had such a long time in the hospital where you've had access to 24-hour medical support. So you can ask questions. If you're not sure about something, you know, you can ask and there's someone there with medical training to assist you. So another big thing that our parents go home with is um, is limited parental confidence. So they haven't had that parenting experience of being home with their baby for, you know, to sleep through the night and to do all that. So it is taking home a newborn baby most of the time for these families as well. And that's that's scary. And then there's the unknown as well. I know when I took my first daughter home, Madeline, she was still not remembering to do her breathing pattern when she was feeding. And that was absolutely petrifying and so scary. Um but it was something I was almost a new mum again, even though she was, you know, two months old. It, she, I was a new mum to her, so that was very scary. And then the unknowns in regards to what's going to happen, what are the outcomes for these babies, what is going to happen down the track, and are they going to reach their milestones? All of those types of things. And finally, what are you wanting listeners to do when they hear about this? How can they engage with Miracle Month of May, and and what kind of things can they do? Yes, supporting your community and supporting uh, Miracle Babies Foundation. So we're calling on everyone to, you know, if you've got something happening through May or you want to grab some friends together, some family, do what you do with your friends and family that you enjoy doing. But just put a little fundraising thing to it and raise some funds, feel really good about it, know it's going to a great cause. You can donate online um, or organise an event. There's lots of suggestions and ways you can do it on our website. So you can just jump on the website, have a look, see what suits you and fit it into your life so that it's fun and it's supporting the community. Kylie, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us today. Thank you for having me. That was Kylie Puzzle. She's the CEO and co-founder of Miracle Babies Foundation. And if you'd like to get involved by hosting your own miracle event this May or make a donation, we'll have the links up on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. 